This is Westside Barbell with strength and conditioning legend, Louis Simmons. Westsidebarbell.com, the strongest website in the world. Welcome to today's Westside Barbell podcast. Today's topic is on Westside weightlifting methods. Lou, we've had a huge response um, to your new book, The Olympic Lifting Strength Manual. And a lot of people have sent us in emails and questions about training and questions about um, where these methods actually came from. But I, I'd, I'd like to start off uh, by asking a few questions myself. And the first one I'd like to start with is, we, we've had actually, since, since we started this, a few weightlifters come up here. Uh, from different places and the first one we had we had Travis Mash and his weightlifters come up you had one of his lifters she broke a record within 45 minutes of being here how was that possible uh yes I believe her name was Jackie and a very very muscular girl came up and within 45 minutes she broke two power clean records and I wanted to go more but Travis wanted to shut her down and uh, basically it was done because first of all um I had her do squats she did 25 squats um, we used to start with 50% of her best squat with 25% um, band tension, and um, she accomplished that. Then I had to work up and, and power, band power clean, where the band tension is about 70 pounds on the bar. And she worked up to uh, about 145 pounds. We took off the bands, and then she made um, 215 and 220 power clean quite easily for two records. Um, one, the squatting, uh, by using bands, accommodating resistance. And when people squat without bands, they coast at the top. That's the whole problem. And weightlifters bounce up and down. And I had these squats were done on a box. Um, weightlifters can't squat. They have no squat, I'm sorry to say. And I'll get into this later. Uh, so they had to build up a squat. And the box squats build up the squat, which builds up the hips. And the hips play a great role in the second pole as you blast that bar off your thighs. And uh, so basically, that's that's how I did it, just by accommodating resistance in the squat and the clean. And then so she was cleaning bars, almost knocking her teeth out. The, her her, her um, back extension was complete finally after after using the bands. And from when Travis and Jackie came up here with other lifters, you recently had a um, there's a seminar here that uh, Glenn Penley held, and we had lifters come from all around the country, but we actually had one lifter that came from John Coffey's gym. I do believe he had success within 45 minutes of being here. Can you explain what uh, what happened with him? Yes, his name was Leo. Uh, he's quite a tall gentleman. I mean, he looked like he's around six foot one and about 215 pounds, which is much too light for that body weight class, uh, by the way. But the uh, same thing. I had him do uh, um, 20 squats. I had him do four sets of five. I cut it down to a moderate, uh, more optimal for him. And um, he found out the next day how sore his glutes and hips was. You know, you've got around 640 muscles in the body. Uh, you must use them all. And um, so uh, it, you, use, you must use all exercise to build up all muscles. But basically the same scenario. I put bands on the bar. I think he used 240 pounds on the bar and 140 pounds of band. And uh, it teaches you to outrun those bands. It teaches tremendous acceleration so you have full extension at the top of the lift. Then after that, again, I put a 70-pound of band tension over the bar. For us here, it's a four-foot wide platform, one strand of mini bands. Uh, much stronger people would use two and then so forth, more and more bands for speed. And then I'd use even more work for max effort. But he used one strand of mini bands. I believe he worked up to around 265 pounds, um, similar to another gentleman I had I'll mention also. But then we took off the bands, and he worked up his best clean in the last year, it was stuck at 350, and they worked up, and he did 355. 
And I keep saying in all my reports, break your record by five pounds and shut it down. If you could do that every month at 60 pounds in a year, it is quite, it's quite possible. Another gentleman that came up from LSU University, an assistant football coach um, in the strength department, came up here. He was six foot five and he weighed 250 pounds. You know, athletic, ex-quarterback, but not at LSU. I don't recall where. His best power clean ever was 340. It was stuck for six months. Um, again, uh, there I just basically had him do power cleans with, with the bands on top of the bar. I had him work up to 275, took the bands off, and he smoked 365, a 25-pound increase. I did this in 40 minutes. Uh, that's basically how simple this training is. Uh, you have to use all everything that's at your disposal. Uh, box squats, um, accommodating resistance, percent training, the conjugate system. And uh, many people don't quite understand the conjugate system. You know, I started writing autos in 1988, and now I can't believe how many times I hear someone talk about conjugate, conjugate, conjugate. I think if I had never wrote an article, no one ever heard of it. So, uh, but conjugate system many things. Many people think it's switching exercises, which it certainly is. Major exercises, large, I like to call them large exercises where barbells used, and small where used machines or uh, some other uh, type of resistance like band resistance. But it also, you must change the volume and change the intensity. This must be done at least every 72 hours. Uh, here, our max effort work is very low volume with a barbell. Um, and then speed day, 72 hours later for speed strength, is very high volume, where it's a barbell but moderate intensity. And max effort is an all-time world record or all-time record uh, for you in the gym, depending on who you are. Um, and then, uh, like I said, a selection of exercise. You must train intensity. You must train volume. And also, Tom, you work with fighters. That fighter has to be many things. He has to be quite strong in the ring. He has to be quite fast. He has to be very explosive. He must have to have a great deal of strength and endurance. You know yourself at the training that you do, as diverse as it is, they develop all these special strengths at the same time. Uh, this is where a lot of track uh, uh, people go wrong. They train block periodization. I had a girl, I saw a girl, a hurdler. I won't mention what university, but she hadn't done a hurdle in five and a half months. This is about the most amazingly stupid thing I've ever heard of. I mean, Tommy, if one of your guys don't do any stand-up sparring for five and a half months, I could beat their ass probably, almost maybe. But you got to do all this stuff at once, and that's what the conjugate system is. It brings all aspects of physical training up at the same time. It's easy to do if you just understand it. And read books like uh, Super Training. Uh, Super Training talks about the conjugate system quite extensively. And also another book that clarifies uh, Super Training will tell you how I came up with these methods. Um, the practice science of strength training by Zazazorsky is an absolute uh, bona fide measure of what we do. Uh, I started this in 1982. The first edition came out in 1992. And, and I, for me, it taught me that, yes, I was on the right track. And, um, you know, these people are geniuses. Mel Seff wrote this book for Verfashansky and Zazazorsky. And I follow the weightlifting methods of Medvedev, Roman, um, uh, Perlipin, and the Bulgarian coaches. So I, I group us all together, and I'll get into how I came up with this. But that's just a few explanations, I hope, um, how this stuff works. Glad you brought that up about the conjugate system. Uh, just an observation that I've made with some people. Like, we've got a lot of lifters come in and out here and visitors. But uh, you had a, a girl come in the, the last weekend from Michigan, and uh, she broke her clean record, but it seemed her squat was so weak that she couldn't get back up. So that's like somebody who is not rotating exercise or not bringing in, um, bringing up their weaknesses. Uh, I wonder if you could just expand upon that and what your thoughts are with people being strong on one lift and being very weak in the other. That's exactly what I was referring to. I'm glad you brought uh, that up, Tom. Yes, she's quite built uh, individual. 
and she got two prior clean records but could not stand up for the clean. What does that say? I've been telling Olympic weightlifters they have no leg strength. I'm going to get into this, the ratios of three tremendous lifters and their front squat in relation to their clean. Um, but exactly right. Uh, you know, if you look, I, I look at a girl, a beautiful girl, tremendously upper body built, a lot of back, no no glutes. And uh, big big quads, quads don't squat. Uh, quads are breaking muscles. And if you put them in a, a terrible position, of course they're going to get developed. You know, think about this, all you lifters out there. You cannot do a, a leg extension standing up. So how possibly can quadriceps stand you up? It's the hips and the hamstrings and the glutes that does all this work. And you must have a very strong lower back. What I see, weightlifters lack two things, a squat and a lower back. If you want a big squat, you have a strong lower back. Um, that's why, um, you know, all of our powerlifters are thick-waisted. And another thing, you know, everybody loves to do Olympic weightlifting, which that's great, and I think you should. But you, if you were six foot tall and you weigh 185, you need to gain weight. Uh, my people here, my 198, I have two, uh, a 98, an 81, and a 165. They range from about five foot three to five foot five. That's ideal uh, model athlete. If you look overseas, the wet Russian weightlifters and all, they were jacked. You know, they, you have to be muscular. Many times, the, the best uh, built person for weightlifting that comes here, as you observe, Tom, are female. Their females are normally small in stature, and so really at five foot tall, and their body weight, they're more in tune. That's why I think women actually excel farther in weightlifting in America than men do, because at least they have the correct body structures. And uh, I'll get into limb length and torso length later. But. You know, maybe we'll, we'll start in of where the, or what is the West Side weightlifting method? Yeah. All right, first of all, Tom, you know, I, in 1982, I mean, 81, I broke my back. In 80, at the very beginning of 82, I bought all these books from Bud Chikonigan. And um, I realized right away what I missed. It took me a year. I missed science. And, but he has many books, the, the Weightlifting Year books, Fundamentals of Spatial Strength, The Training of the Weightlifter, Weightlifting in Age. He has technique books, everything. You need to read these books. If you want to be a student of your own sport, you have to be educated. So West Side, uh, the West Side system for, for weightlifting is a combination of three proven methods. Uh, the Russian system back when the Soviet Union was going, I paid much attention to that. Um, and, and the Bulgarian system, where they would go in and max out every day, where we just max out, you know, we'll have two max outs, workouts a week. The Bulgarian maxes were based on daily maxes. It might not be an all-time record, uh, where the Russians was all-time records, and so is the Chinese, and so is West Side. Uh, that's the third method, my own West Side method of how to rotate exercises and uh, so forth like the Russians did. Spatial exercises with spatial, spatial machines. And uh, but it's a combination of all three. I took the best of all worlds. You know, if you look at the Bulgarians, you'll see that they did around 4,000 maxes a year. All right. Uh, but the Russians do, do 600. And the Russians and our system is based on all time records. They were not. They were based on the daily max. Like if you could clean 402 and you came in to um, 391, that was your max for that day. And they basically did around 18 lifts a day. And I'm going to get into the loading for max effort for you guys. That's one thing is definitely missing in weightlifting. No max effort work. They never max out because you've got such a small selection of lifts. Front, you know, you got front and back squat and overhead squat, and you've got the power clean, a classical clean, power snatch, and classical snatch. That's about it. You got to have a numerous special exercises, which I will again get into. Um, but it came from the Russian strength manuals uh, again from Butt. I looked at these books and I remember I called them up because. I said, I want these books. He said, well, you know, Lou, these are textbooks. I said, that's exactly what I want. 
I know how to lift weights. I know what a barbell and a dumbbell is. I know what chalk is. But I need to know the science behind why I would sometimes be stronger than that prude out of meat. And also, why I was getting hurt all the time. I mean, I suffered my second back fracture. This is the first time I was on crutches for 10 months. Second time, I couldn't lay down for 17 weeks. So I had to change. So that's when I did. And again, like I said, all this is backed up. All the books that Bud has and everything that I write is backed up by the uh, practice of science of strength training and then super training. And so this is how I put it together. Um, and also, it's, it's a great way to prevent injuries, and it brings up a weak muscle group. All right, the West Side system for weightlifting directly comes from the Russian, the Bulgarian, and the Chinese. Uh, if you have <clears throat> an exurbent mind, it's easy to see how uh, West Side um, theories uh, can, um, you know, coincide with all three systems. Um, like it's not uh, like it or not, uh, lifts are lifts. I don't care if you're powerlifting or or weightlifting. The loading has to be the same. Don't tell me it doesn't because it's retarded. Because I can't even I can't buy a weightlifter to come here. But when they do come, they break their records. How they do that? And not break their record for a year, but I can do it in forty minutes. I'm no genius, but I but I am smart enough to read books. <clears throat> Westside itself has broken well over 100 world records. We in a, in a 20 mile radius, we have 14 men who have held world records. So, is it a system or a secret? It's a system. All right. Um, this is a proven system for strength for weightlifters uh, in a speed strength sport. You know, when you lift weights, you got to be very strong. Weightlifting is a, a speed strength. You must be very very strong in fast movements. That's the difference between that and powerlifting. We must be very strong when a massive weights get heavy and slow movements. But anyone's ever seen my people squat, uh, Bell squat 12, uh, Dave Hall squat at 12.10, and it looked like 3.15. I watched Chuck Vogelpohl squat at 11.80, and it looked like 3.15. And these guys are under 275 pounds. All right, so uh, for speed strength, you must train between 75 and 85%. Uh, in a monthly plan, we use a three-week pendulum weight. Why 75 and 85 percent? It's documented evidence of all 780 high-skilled weightlifters that 50 percent of their training was on those uh, particular percentages. Um, so it's also, if you look at the Chinese there, and that would mean an average weight of 80 percent. Uh, the Chinese do the same thing for the squats, and so does Westside. Uh, they do around 25 squats per session, and so do we. So again, I mean, this is a system. It's, you know, uh, they came up, they figured it out, I figured it out, and it all came from the Russian system. And also, by the way, folks, so did the Bulgarian system come from the Russian scientists. They modified it somewhat. They started having younger uh, lifters come in. Actually, Nam was only 10 years old when he came in. They doubled the budget for the weightlifters. Um, so a lot of my uh, uh, information is also um, based off AJ, um, uh, A.S. Uh, Perlipin's 1974 charts. Burnham was a Russian coach for juniors from 75 to 80 and a senior coach from 85, 80 to 85. He had some of the strongest lifters ever on this planet. Um, uh, Victor Saltz was one. You know, you talk about the Saltz press. We're down in a full front squat. He pressed the weight overhead. He did 363. Um, that's how important strength is. You have to be strong in every lift. You, I don't care what it is. If you're doing heavy setups, i got to add five pounds. If you're doing back raises, you got to add five pounds. It's These are not exercises. These are lifts. That's the whole basis. I, I'm going to try to get through to the weightlifting community today that a special exercises is the full fundamental basis of Westside's uh, success. And it's when they bring weightlifters, it's the same thing. Uh, but we do 80% of our training of small exercises. 
only 20% with a barbell. All right. So you must train with the correct uh, percentages and um, and the intensity zones, meaning a percent of a one rep max and the volume. You must have. The, you always want to push up volume. I mentioned before about Leonard Zasatinsky, um, you know, great lifter from 60, 64, Olympic champ both times, world champ in between. He started to fade a little bit, and they couldn't understand why. He didn't seem to have any mental problems, no physical problems. They got in his book, and his average training weight went down slightly by percentage, and his volume was down. They pushed it back up, and lo and behold, he became uh, breaking records once more. It's all about volume. Your stronger lifters have more volume than your weaker lifters. That's just it's simple math. Weights is nothing more than uh, mathematics, biomechanics, and physics. That's all it is. It's nothing else. And uh, so you, once you master these things and learn that strengths measured in velocity, not weights, you'll really get a great con um, you know, a connection to what strength is. All right. Let's see. <clears throat> I, like I mentioned before, nine out of ten weightlifters come here, and I and I, we've had more than that, right, Tom? Yeah. Nine out of ten will come here, and I will break their clean record on the spot within 45 minutes, and lo and behold, they can't stand up in the clean. I've seen this over and over and over. So first, I want to emphasize the squat. Um, you've got to you've got to be able to raise up your squat backs. Um, you need a, um, a very big squat if you're going to do lifts. Remember, why limit yourself in anything? If you clean 300, don't let anyone say, oh, you only need a 400 squat. No, you want to squat as much as possible. We're all built different. You want to front and back squat as much as possible, overhead as much as possible. And, um, but you're go you'll do it just like we do, and I'll explain that in a little bit. And, you know, a lot of people ask me about how I train men and women. I train exactly the same. Um, I've got a girl basically had about a 300 squat, and with one year she's ready to squat 500. This is a 123. And they're all based off percentages. If you look at the room of guys that go oh, there squatting 900 pounds, and this lady is, 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 is going to squat 500 pounds, they use the very same percent, and the bar speed's the same. While they may be training with 540, um, which would be 60% of 9, uh, at their bar speed, which is about 0 0.8, 0 0.9 meters per second, she's doing the very same thing on, on why she's on this side of the, uh, the gym. So, um, you know, using 300 pounds uh, for a 500-pound squat moving at the very same, uh, same speed. Now, again, I want to talk about the ratios between a squat and, uh, and a clean. Uh, if you look at a, a – uh, for a power clean at 300, you must squat, you know, back squat at least 500 and front squat 400. The training should be done on a box about two inches below parallel. Um, everyone comes here for some reason. Uh, they can touch their ass on the ground, but they can't take their feet three inches out. Why? They got weak groin, weak hip, and weak upper hamstrings. Um, the last girl was here. Uh, they cleaned the two records. Had her do wide sumo deadlifts, and it killed her hips. Why? Because they'd never been worked. Uh, all muscles had to be brought up. Uh, if you look at Nam from the Sulaimana, from Bulgaria, uh, his best clean was 435, and his best front squat reported was 528. Now, the super heavyweight, Kristoff um, from Bulgaria, uh, we have a fellow talks to us, a roommate with him. Um, he, he had a 473 snatch back in the 80s. He could front squat 749 and back squat 854. So why wasn't he squatting 550? Because you've got to squat 854 and back squat 749. You know, like in the clean, after you stand up with the thing, you always have to have extra leg reserve to be able to jerk it over your head. After all, the legs are 90% of the jerk, the leg drive. <clears throat> the Chinese is 154 pounder, can um, clean 457, his front squat's 573. Now, you get the picture, 
Uh, you got to push all your lifts up as high as possible. <clears throat> Here's a program. I'm going to give you a program for a 500-pound squat. And uh, does it work? Well, we've had 83 people squat over 800 pounds. A female squat 775 or 165. <clears throat> uh, there's a, basically, we train at most of the time in a squat at 50, 55, and 60 percent with 25 percent pay attention for a three-week wave, 50 to first, 55 to second, 60 to third. Remember, it's a three-week wave, then you drop back to 50 percent, and we change bars. <clears throat> but um, at, so do a fast warm-up, get in and warm up real quick. And then it's five sets of five. It would be with, um, it would basically at the top, it's 375. It's 9,375 pounds of total volume. The second week, 275 and 125 pound of band is 400 to top, 10,000 pounds of squatting. Um, and then the third week, uh, it would be 325, 4, 425. It's, it's at 10,625 pounds of squats. All of these squats are basically for speed strength. I watch weightlifting tapes around the country here, and the squats are either just maintenance squats or not doing a damn thing. You might as well be walking around, or they're too slow. They're one or the other. They're never correct. <clears throat> you know, uh, so you want to use a, a correct, you want to work on speed strength all the time. That is your, that's your, your uh, sport. So, <clears throat> so that's the amount that you do off a box. Remember, it's a box. Use a little bit wider stance. It's easier way out. You'll build up muscles you've never used. And also, this can be done for the uh, front squat or overhead squat. Just take your percent. If you can overhead squat 300 pounds, um, you, you just barbell weight. You 75, you, you 75 the first week, 80 the second, 85 the third. All right, that's how you can do this. And um, sit on the box, you release. I mean, you need to learn how to box squat properly. People talk about box squats. They don't even know what it is. They've never been to West Side, but there's a lot of West Side experts out there. Uh, that's the only way to squat. We got the, we've had the greatest squatters co-officially in the world many, many times. And um, so, and again, we've had six men in the whole world records in the squad as well. So, uh, basically, that's how you do it. So, uh, Tom, you got any questions you think they may have? Um, when you're training the specific lifts, when you're in the gym choosing accessory work, would you train more generally to bring up specific exercises? That way, you're going to eliminate more weaknesses, maybe weaknesses you never even know you had then that way that can carry over to a specific lift rather than trying to train the specific groove of that one lift, which I think a lot of people get caught up with. Yeah, I'm getting into this later, but you're talking about Perlitman's chart. He talks about weights at 70%. The max you would do is 24 lifts. Optimal is 18. Um, at 80%, uh, optimal is 15. Maximal is 20. Well, if that's true, then how did the Russians ever get to this enormous amount of lifts in a yearly plan? Uh, they did it through spatial poles. Special poles and special squats. When you do uh, general exercises like high poles um, or, or um, any, you know, high stats poles or many ways, I'll talk about the, the many varieties here. It, it, coordination does not matter. It does not affect coordination, timing, or technique. So that's why you have to do it. You know, you're talking about the law of accommodation. I said in the dictionary, it should be a picture of a weightlifter. They do the same thing over and over, and they get the same results, and they wonder why. Because they do, you have to do different stimulus to raise to clean in the snatch. And that's how you do it through spatial exercise. Um, so um, that's why you do that. And then I want to get into also working on muscle weaknesses because uh, you, you, you weightlifters are never built the same. You get six foot tall weightlifters, you get five foot tall weightlifters, long arms, short torsos, long torsos, 
short arms. No one can no one can train exactly the same and make the same progress. So um, you know, well, I'll, I'll just mention a few things, Tom. Like you know, on max effort day, I, I I'm not there yet, but uh, you get into max effort, you can start one exercise. Now this this comes from it's a hundred exercises. It's in super training. I have many in my weightlifting book, but it's a method as a system. And uh, if you look, uh, I'll just give you a few. Starting with the bar below the knees, squat and split style. All right, just snatch. Another snatch. Starting with bar above the knees, squat and split style. Here we go. Um, starting uh, a power snatch, starting with the bar above the knees. Power snatch, leg straight, torso leaning over. Uh, power snatch, standing on a block. Power snatch followed by overhead squat. All right. Now, does that give you some ideas? What I would do, I'm going to get into this, but you're, I, I suggest you do two or three of these exercises in one workout. Uh, you're going to do about seven lifts um, per and then uh, move on. So you can, might be doing 14 lifts or 21 lifts um, in a, a max effort workout. And then you're going to do special exercise. Same thing for the, the, the power clean. Uh, I mean, one, you can power clean from the floor. Another power clean, uh, starting with the bar at knee level from a hanger off boxes. Um, <clears throat> power clean and then jerk. Um, so um, you can, um, you know, um, you can do it starting with the knee below the knee, at the knee, above the knee, uh, a wide grip, a close grip. There's very, very, very many exercises you could do. You want to keep records on these. It doesn't do. Don't go up and do three sets at six or seven. That's a that's a waste of time. You want to break records. I see too many weightlifters. I've seen a lady, a lady on a video crying because she hadn't broke a record in a year. Well, then again, when Leo came up here and broke a record in a year, I don't even know what keeps you people going. So can we break records? How often, Tom? Every week. Every week. Every week. You can do the same. Weights are weights, and humans are humans. So um, I hope that gives you an idea. Um, but uh, let me move on here. Like I said, uh, weightlifters make a huge mistake. I've heard them always oh, squat six times a week, but you squat like Girl Scouts. Well, what the hell? It don't do you no good. Um, you got to do special exercises. So um, it's just not productive. You waste your time. You got the volume in the wrong place. So more, more squatting uh, will raise a squat. Special exercises. You know, if you just keep squatting, Tom. As you've seen here, it does not help. you got to do special exercises. Uh, you got to build knee flexion, hip flexion, uh, back flexion, all right? And you got to raise the top squat. Um, you, there's exercise like reverse hypers, back raise, good mornings, shrugs for the uh, back, you know, and uh, belt squats, plow swings for reversal strength, uh, jumping with weight, you know, uh, inverse leg curl for the hamstrings and glute ham raises. Uh, for the legs, and, and uh, it basically it's how Westside builds a squat. We squat, and we get out, and we spend, our squat workout takes, what, 20 minutes? And then you work 40 minutes on spatial exercise. What does a bodybuilder do? If you come in, you got 33-inch thighs, you got 16-inch arms, you're, you're, you're out of proportion. you got to pay a lot of work on hyperbole work if you're a bodybuilder. It's not bodybuilding, although the Chinese do the very same thing, and they call it bodybuilding, 2X IGN of every workout. I call hyperbole. For the low back, the hamstrings, the hips, the glutes, the traps, spinal rectors, and the abdominals. So you train it like that. Stop, guys. Break it down. You know, you all got an engine in your car. You ever think about what would you do if it's in all, all pieces? Could you put it together? Well, basically, that's what the West Side System does. It puts a motor together in front of your very eyes. Everyone else would have a motor laying on the ground in pieces, and that's where it would stay. But we learn how to put it together 
Um, we've been doing this system now since 1982. So you're talking 34 years, almost 35 years I've followed this system, modified it and improved it constantly. So like I mentioned before, weightlifters, when they come here, uh, the girls are normally the most jacked up ones of the whole bunch. Am I right, Tom? Mm -hmm. Which is insane. Um, uh, you got, they've got different heights. The leg length and the back length um, will mature, determine how, what type of muscles are doing the most work. Um, so, you know, uh, you got to look at, um, you know, you got to look at bar speed also. Like I said, if you got a 10 dose, it should be about 0.8 meters, meters per second. Everybody's always telling me how fast weightlifters are, but I never heard anyone measuring their squat speed. It's very important. His squat's a major part of it. Um, so you want to use a wide stance, like I said, and uh, get the glute muscles working. Um, you know, you got large quads, but they do very little for the squat. Bodybuilders got gigantic quads. They can't squat. Tell me why not? Because quads, quads don't squat. If you look at biomechanics um, uh, expert book on, on walking, every step, the quadriceps break you, the hamstrings propel you. Just remember that. The hamstrings work at work as hip extensors. Um, <clears throat> So uh, I had a lady here, tested one of the highest ever, maybe uh, highest. She had 60 hamstring, 40 quad ratio at Ohio State in the exercise phys lab. World record holder to squat. Previous to that, she was a sprinter. But because of all the specialized work we do, that was her ratio. Um, so, um, but anyhow, we train the muscles to increase the squat. And I've already talked about the loading. So whatever, you're, if, you're a, if you're a good squatter, a weightlifter, you squat 600, um, you you know, with barbell weight, you train 75%, 80, and 85 in three weeks. Each week, go up 5%. Fourth week, drop back and change bars. Uh, one thing that really holds weightlifters back, you have no equipment. You got a pair of weightlifting shoes and a set of rubber plates. If you go into our gym, uh, how many bars? We probably got, what, Tom, 20 specialty bars? No, if you ever look at the Russian manuals, they, got, they had 14-inch camber bars. They went down, touched rubber mounts, and bounced backed up. They had uh, bell squat belt squat machines they had uh plyo plyo um swings i don't you know and they had glued hand benches so you have to have these you can't run around with nothing guy and, and compete with someone with everything <clears throat> so um, that's that's the key so remember for a 300 pound let's look at a 300 pound cleaner um the amount of lifts and it'd be like it'd be the same with our, our the attention average attention 80 percent like, if you look at a three-week wait for the clean, it would look like this. <clears throat> Hold on, folks. You know, remember, all this comes from Prolipin's charts. <clears throat> so, without bands, remember, use 75% of your one rep max, 80 or 85 a whip band, use 50, 55, and 60 with 25% band tension. So let's just use barbell weight. For a 300-pound clean, uh, and this should be fairly easy, <clears throat> I'm not asking you to do the max, which would be 24 lifts. I'm asking you to do 15. Um, so 75% um, would be 225 for 15 lifts. That's that's 3,375 pounds of volume. And this is done immediately after your squat workout, by the way. The second week at 80% would be 240. 15 lifts is 3,600 pounds. <clears throat> and then on the third week, 255 for 15 lifts, 3,825 pounds of volume. All right? <clears throat> so it doesn't matter if you use 50, 50 55, 60, 25% on top. It equates to the very same thing at the top. And, the, and it, what it does, 
Way they think has a terrible problem with bar deceleration. As you get in the most critical areas, the barbell slows down. It becomes isometric at that time. Um, but unfortunately, at the very top, that's where force is decreased, right? Where the major port, where the second pole is, it's decreased. How can you fix that? By using bands. All right? So and these lifts should be done somewhere around every 60 seconds. Hopefully, you can do it every 60, but if not, take a minute and a half between. You must raise your level of preparedness. You must be in shape. <clears throat> uh, remember, your training must be based off a weekly um, plan, and then it, it just turns into a monthly plan, and then a, a yearly plan, and a multi-yearly plan. That's what we do here. <clears throat> but what I'm doing is, if you look what we do on max effort, I'll get into max effort, but we know how fast you are with your lifts inside this week. We know how strong you are when we max you out on the spatial exercise. And if we look at you like the lady was here and I said, you got to build up your glutes, suggestions, some exercise, which we'll talk about. Um, I bring up the weak muscle groups. If the weak muscle groups is going to stop you every time, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So if you just look at the, it's exactly how the Russians and the Chinese train. Uh, spatial jumps meaning pulls and squats, you know, work on pulls and squats. Again, like I said, um, general exercises, all these, all the exercises that we talk about in here, you know, starting with the bar below the knee, all boxes are hang, and all these that stand on a box has nothing to do, or even just high pulls, high snatch pulls, pull up against pins, hold it against pins. Uh, that's why Jackie uh, from uh, Travis's gym uh, went back down and said she broke her clean or snatch record uh, within two weeks because she pulled bars up and held it against pins. And um, she, she said that was why she broke that record. So see, just one thing can change your lifting career. And that's what I'm, I'm showing you. All these exercises, it's up to you to find them. Use four, five, or six in a rotational manner. <clears throat> so uh, remember, that's why you can't do just cleans and snatches because, uh, you've only, one, you've only got two records. and number Well, you got four classical and power on two lifts. But that, and you, you get, actually, if you do something over and over, you actually get worse at it. You don't get better at it, you get worse. You get better in a, in a speed barrier. When someone runs as fast as they can't get run faster, you must stop running and do spatial stuff like pull sleds, run with parachutes, uh, jumping, increasing your strength, and so forth. Maybe getting uh, mental um, uh, encouragement. Um, I talk about Bondachuk, a great shot a hammer uh, expert from Russia. Um, his training for the hammer, they had 120 spatial exercises. They were broke up in 10 complexes of 12 each. Why did he use, why didn't he just throw the hammer? I mean, why would you bother to do these things if it didn't make you better? He, they still hold records. They're the greatest hammer throwers ever because they use all these spatial means to increase the hammer throw. Um, so like I said, there's, if, you, if you actually would buy a book, uh, Multi-Year Training System by Medvedev or Super Training, you're going to see these 100 weightlifting exercises. Again, I show them in my book. I show a very amount of them in my book. Some of these exercises will be worthless to you, and some exercises will make you a world champion, could make you a world champion. Exercise you jump 50 pounds in a month probably won't do much. It's the ones that you only make 5 pounds on will increase your clean by 20. So and the key is it's to rotate them. Um, you know, two per workout for max out, do two max outs a week. Uh, remember, about seven lifts is optimal. If you look at Premlin's chart, he talks about weights above 90%. Four minimal, 10 maximal, and seven optimal. I prefer to stay in the optimal range with the barbell lifts, 
but do an enormous amount of work with special exercises. I mean, well, your squat, if we go back to a 500-pound squatter, um, that is 6,000 pounds of squat. If you're in my gym, you immediately have to do, after you're squatting clean, you have to do um, 24,000 pounds of reverse hypers. That's with 50% of your squat. So that would basically be 100 reps. It would be 25,000. So you would do like five sets of 20 or four sets of 25, as strict as you can do them. Um, that just begins the program, right, Tom? Mm -hmm. You're just beginning. But uh, that's the volume. So you see, you're talking uh, the squat, and, and if I recall, the squat and the clean volume was 13,000. So the reverse hypers are almost double that alone. Why? All the emphasis in that upper hamstring, the hamstrings, the glutes, and the low back. Primary, the muscles of pull. So that's why you got to do this. Um, let's see. And I, I talked about like several exercises. You know, I'm not going to get into all of them. We've had great success with putting a bar on the pins at the top of the thigh. The Chinese do a lot of lifts at that position. And then while it's on the pin, you've got to use a second pole uh, position and power clean it. All right? And um, that's one of them. Again, pull up against pins. You do this in several positions. Now, Glenn Penley does isometrics. Uh, we saw isometrics where our 165 is stuck in the deadlift for about six months. Within three weeks, he broke his deadlift record twice. Because you can do isometrics. A coach's need for your Olympic lifts to do isometrics. Because the lifts are so fast, and, and it's hard to keep track of their, uh, the coordination and, the, and their technique. But if you get a person to pull off the floor, for instance, when they start to pull, they will shovel it, they'll arch their back even more and, and move their pelvic forward, getting a complete position to pull. And we hold for three to five seconds, normally do around 15 to 20 exertions in one workout. Um, we use around three positions, off the floor, up a few inches, and then um, basically off the floor, up to about right below the knee, and then up off the floor to right above the knee. Depending on where you need to work is where you want to train. Isometrics will go either directions, up and down, 15 degrees. So that's just a couple um, pointers for you on isometrics. And also, when you come in, like um, if you're, if I got you to do a muscle stretch, you stand on the box, straight leg, bend over, do not touch your body, and power clean. All right? Now, Les Young Lee was here last week, worked up to 155 pounds like that, and which I thought was quite good. But then she, when she power cleaned 205, she couldn't stand up from it. So, okay, okay, listeners, what's her problem? No leg strength. No leg strength at all. She, she muscle cleaned straight legs, did not touch her body, 155. Then she cleaned uh, 210, but could not stand up. What's the problem? Weak legs. So that's why I emphasize legs. And everybody goes, they look at because Louis Simmons and Westside Barbells a power club, and they talk about box squats. It's for the squat. Well, I wouldn't do a freaking box squat if it didn't help our squat. Why would I do that? Why not just squat? Because it doesn't work. You neglect too many muscles. Uh, when you box squat, you, use, you learn to use your hips first, not your legs. It builds up tremendous hip extension. And so when you go in there, remember, pick a lift. You guys, break it by 2.5K. Break it by your 5.5 pounds. Stop and go to the, a second exercise. Do the same. And I might do two pulls in one workout and some jerk exercise. And so, you know, you're actually going to maybe doing around, um, you know, Nam Suleiman would only do about 30 lifts a day, something like that, roughly. Uh, you know, 20, 26 to about 30, 34, something. So I suggest maybe you guys get up around 18. So, you know, maybe if you did a two, that would be 14 to get to two records on two lifts and then pick another one and break a record on that. 
and also like your squat. How how do I raise squats? Uh, real quick here, um, I make these people do uh, uh, in a power rack where it's safest. Uh, quarter squats, front quarter squat, front uh, quarter squat with the back, overhead squat, and then they're safe and they're lifting weights that they've never touched. I don't care if it's not all the way down. Until your brain uh, feels that, if you don't see silver stars, you've never done max effort work. Right, Tommy? Mm -hmm. you got to see silver stars. And that's, I mean, the strongest men in the world are, are in weightlifting are your best. Uh, technique means a lot. But you know, weightlifting, you learn technique in the very beginning. It's something that you don't learn throughout your career. You master technique in the beginning. You go on and on and on. Tommy, what's the Russian that travels the country? Starts with a K. Oh, Kolov or Kolov? Oh, uh, Klukov. Klukov. Um, Travis May said he was talking to Klukov, um, and over a few beers. So he asked him, says, "When do you work on technique?" And Klukov laughed at him and said, "I haven't done technique since I was a kid." And this guy. Can squat like close to 800. He deadlifts 770. He inclines. He, he does everything. Why? Because it takes everything to be a good weightlifter. You just can't do a few things, guys. And um, so you got to do all these exercises. Just remember, if you break your record by five pounds a, a month, it's 60 pounds a year. I, I think you'd be you'd be sending me a, a you know a Christmas present for that if you could do it, which you will be able to do. Um, one thing you need is training partners. You need the most important thing a lifter needs is a training partner. And if you got more than one, well, you constantly got competition and some enthusiasm. I watch tapes. You know, those gyms are completely look like morgues. Get music going. Have some fun in there, guys. I, you don't even have a smile on your face. I wouldn't be smiling either if I wasn't going nowhere. But when you're going somewhere, you might get a smile on your face. And hopefully these, these exercises that we're going to talk about will, uh, will get you going. So remember... It doesn't do any good to do 90% for three for three singles when you can do a over 100% for one. Get a new record. Get used to breaking records. Uh, you know, when you're used to breaking records, it's easy to do a contest. If you never break a record in a whole cycle, how do you expect to do it? I've had people come here, and, and I'll have them do um, six triple six triples, you know, um, in a clean. I'll do um, either set the bar down, do one from the floor, do two from the hang, all kind of varieties. And I'll make them jump a small amount, and they fail. I'll go, what? And that's when I realized they lack max effort. They're used to lifting 85 and 90% weights, but they have no idea what 100% weight feels like. They cannot do it. So that's that's one of the major faults I see in weightlifting in America. I'll tell you a story about um, uh, Boris Shiko came to see me. Boris used to be a weightlifter and a weightlifting coach before he became uh, you know, one of the top Russian powerlift coaches. And we were at breakfast, and uh, his interpreter was a big guy, and I was saying how strength is more important than speed because that's exactly what it says in all these books. And he was arguing with me. And Chico broke in and, you know, and the kid translated to me how they went to Bulgaria in 96. And they watched the Bulgarians. He went over some weightlifters, and the Bulgarians had terrible form. And they go, oh, no problem, no problem. We'll beat them easy. We'll beat them easy. So then at the World Championships, um, the Russian came out, and he made a perfect smash. And then he took the second, and he missed, and he missed his third. The Bulgarian comes out later with a larger weight. <clears throat> Ugly as can be, does a snatch. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, yes, does a snatch. Jumps up like 5K or 10K. Does another one. Ugly. And jumps again and makes a third. He says strength is more important than technique. You're damn right it is. I'm all about technique, guys, but you got to get strong. You know, your, your technique's fine. You look real good with two and a quarter, but where's four and a quarter? It ain't happening. Think about it. What the, what the hell's going on here? you got to get super strong. You need a big squat, heavy good mornings. You don't train. I'm going to get into special exercises. 
Um, just remember, we use small exercise 80% of the time. Um, so, when we, you know, you got all kinds of shapes and sizes, so biomechanically, your body doesn't all work the same. You can't do the same cookie cut program. You got to do, oh, Tommy, you watch our guys squat, then they go to different stations, right? I mean, they might do a whole lot of one exercise and then a little bit of the other, and the other guy may be doing this the opposite because they got to do what they need. Um, they can't go train together. It's not a party here. It's a private gym, uh, and you don't get good, you get out. So that's why. They come here. It's just like any team. You don't make it, you're gone. <clears throat> Again, uh, one thing I see wrong, I mean, I, I know there's nothing you can do about it. If you're six foot tall and weigh 180, you got to gain weight, guys. You know, here if you're six foot tall and you don't weigh 300, well, I don't even need you. Um, so, you you know, I, I always tell people when you come in, if you look at my, um, I've got two world record holders, uh, 165 and 180, 181, and they're approximately 5'3 and 5'5. Five, five. That's what you should be. If you're if you're 181, you need to be 5'3 and 5'5, five, five, not six foot, all right? Like I said, women seem to have greater proportions than men. I think that's why they seem to make fairly good progress, just their body proportions. <clears throat> and another problem I, I bring up too it's on the same line the Russians you read these in these books many Russians found that the smaller weightlifting men refused to gain weight they did not want to gain up a weight class when they finally were forced to then they made great progress um, <clears throat> just get out a coefficient chart and whatever weight class you're in uh, look at it, your body weight, and what if you wanted for another class? How much weight would you have to lift? Even if you just did the same, isn't lifting larger weights better? But you got to, you normally, most people, weightlifters I see just aren't, don't have weightlifting bodies. They're just, um, you know, they're just too thin. And again, that's why they can't squat. you got to be able to squat, guys. I mean, you don't get these big, um, you know, lifts by, if you can't stand up with it. You know, like a clean is, is two cleans, and then a, a front squat, and a jerk. Whatever you are worse at, that is the amount of weight that you are limited to do in that lift. Now think about that. So whatever it is, that's the one you're limited at. <clears throat> so you want to gain muscle mass where it counts. Uh, this is where spatial exercise has become so important. And I think this is where when people come here, they only spend a day. Um, Tom, it takes, if you found out, it takes about 10 months to understand what we're really doing. A guy can't come here for a day or two and think we, they know what we're doing. And uh, here's another thing. When I, I will put a weightlifter, not doing our power squats or deadlifts, or even good morning, because that would be a disaster, but I put them with our space exercise. They cannot hang with my guys. They can't begin to do the work. Um, I put a lady with them, and she could do about one-third of what my one, she was a one, close to 140. She could not do what my 123 could do, not even close, in spatial exercises. Um, you know, this girl does, uh, it's easy to do 10, 10 reps in the Russian leg curl. This girl couldn't begin to do that. So, and I'll talk about how we get up to these exercises. So, you, but you want to bring up a lagging body part. If not, you're, you're just stuck. Um, it calls, you know, for a lifter to reduce uh, a modest pulls like we don't do 100. We don't work up to a deadlift max and then go down and do five more. No, no, no. Um, whatever you finish with, that's what your brain's going to remember. Get that small record, get out, and go to spatial exercises. And you want to pick so what we so if your squat stalls, you got to work the muscles that make you squat: the hamstrings, the glutes, the hips, the low back, the upper back. Uh, most people miss squats. If you watch, they're coming up at the bar, but their back is out and they lose position. And they miss. 
It's so really it could be many times that your back strength that limits a back squat or a front squat. The Chinese invariably, um, when they front squat, they lean slightly forward because they believe that's what's going to happen during the lift. They don't stay straight up and down in perfect form. So they lean forward. Why put more emphasis on the back? We've got to get stand up with large cleans they're able to do. And I, I noticed the 154, one thing I thought was miraculous, um, he had a, a bar set on boxes and a, in a position where he had to crawl underneath it. You know, he's about four inches off the ground with his butt in a snatch position. It's 484 pounds. His body weight was 154. He rocked around the position and stood up from the bottom concentrically. I thought that was one of the most amazing feats of strength I've ever seen. And these guys are jacked. And you notice they do lots of side bends. And again, like the Chinese coach, uh, Fang says, they do two bodybuilding um, exercise at the end of every workout. So that's what you need. You've got to, you know what? It's nice if you look like a weightlifter. Think about that, guys. You know, you don't want to put a, a, a tag on your chest and say, I'm a weightlifter. That's actually why I left uh, weightlifting when I was 18 years old, 14 to 18, and went to powerlifting. I was amazed with the physiques of the powerlifters. It's two totally different sports. I, I love weightlifting. And, uh, but you got to, if you look overseas, these guys are built, man. Their backs are thicker than crap. And that's why it's the kind of back you got to have. I watched two lifters come in from the same system, and both of them were pretty good, you know, by our standards. One had a tremendous lower back and no traps. The other one had huge traps and no lower back. They came from the same system. <laughs> and so I, I said, there's no way your system works because it doesn't work for either one of these lifters. They both lack development in the primary points of the back that does the lift. And, um, and and they couldn't squat for anything. This is a few years back, and that's what I'm saying. Oh, I see a major problem right now. They can't squat. So, so just remember, if you got a short torso and you got long arms, your your second pull position is going to be different than a guy with a long torso and short arms. So you can't absolutely rely on on a, on a clean or power clean or regular clean. Uh, to build both people. It's going to be different because the bar position is going to be different during the second clean. I'll give you a couple examples of my own gym. Um, world record holder, Jason Coker, um, in the bench. So here's two things. It's, it's, you know, and We've had the biggest push-pull bench and dead of combination of all time to about four different men. But Jason has a 900-pound bench in gear at 198. His best deadlift is 6'10". All right? <clears throat> Jake Norman has a 900-pound deadlift. At, he weighs 275 pounds and a 580 bench. They are complete opposites on the platform, and their physiques are complete opposites. And that's why. They cannot train the same. Even though Jake will never deadlift 9, and uh, maybe Jake will never deadlift um, uh, 900, you know, so, but they both have to train differently to rate, to become as good as they can because of their biomechanical differences. <clears throat> so here's my point, see, it's spatial exercises. By doing a snatch or clean jerk or back or front squat, sooner or later, um, it's, it's going to be part of the body that's going to hold you back. Whatever is weak that's going to hold you back. For pulling exercises, you must have a strong back upper meaning the traps, and lower, meaning the lumbar, just spinal rectors. Um, for starter, your upper back, um, for upper back, um, heavy upright rows, and um, heavy rows, period, and all types of shrugs, barbell, wide grip, close grip shrugs, 
One side does a lot of wheelbarrow shrugs. Now, our fighters, uh, you know, will run up to a half a mile for a loaded wheelbarrow, but we sit on a chair and do enormous amount of wheelbarrow shrugs. I've seen it not only build huge backs, including lats and traps, and, up, and middle um, of the, the lower traps and upper back, but also change the posture of people. And um, so also low back, good mornings. You always want to start the biggest exercise. Don't go in and do good mornings 160K. Work up to heavy weights, guys. I mean, it's ridiculous. Good mornings, three minutes, because the bar's so far over your legs, over your um, knees, out in front of you, just like your position when you pull. Uh, we do a lot with bands hooked in the front, so when you come up, you really got to exert yourself to finish up the good, the good morning. Um, but, um, you know, but the good mornings will work the, the, involve the spinal rectors plus the hips and hamstrings simultaneously. Then you move on to isolation work. Now, Tom, who's this reminding you of the Russian, the famous Russian? The coup. The coup yeah. believed that you would do the largest exercise with the most weight. Then you work your way down to smaller exercises until you maybe completely wore out the legs. And then you rode a bike. And, you know, if you think about it, it sounds insane, but that's, he's exactly right. You want to tear down a muscle completely so then it will build itself up stronger than ever. That's what that's what adaptation is. And um, so you always want to think like that. And I had the Olympic weightlifting team um, doctor here for the Bulgarian weightlifting team. And we talked about training, and he told me about the coach. He was working with a track athlete. She had a female track athlete. She was doing jump squats with um, 308 pounds on her back. Then he had to do box jumps, and she started. She started up, in, uh, you know, is in um, centimeters or meter, but but she was doing about forty-two inches, I guess. He got down to where she couldn't even do twenty-four. So then he moved her from that to a power snatch, and she powered. She tried to power snatch sixty k, lands on her head and knocks herself out. And the coach runs over and goes, "What are you doing? What are you doing? You, you hurt her head." And the Bulgarian strength coach looked at him and said, "I don't care about her head. I care about her legs," and walked off. <laughs> it's a true story supposedly and I heard he was crazy but he was a winner he, they couldn't win they came they won they booted him they lost they brought him back they won they booted him and uh, they haven't won quite what they did before so he was a he was a genius I mean I, I'll have to say he, you know don't try to do the Bulgarian system guys because they were all model athletes they were particular high particular body weight like I'm talking about uh, you can't go in and do it. And also, a word I never hear weightlifters say ever. It's like a cuss word, I guess. Restoration. Recovery. You've got to have restoration recovery methods. We live on this here. Um, okay, more back to isolation. You know, after the good mornings, go to back raises. Um, you know, if you look, are they important? Well, if you look in the science of practice and strength training uh, by Zasazorsky on page 79, You'll see Alexis, and, it, it, and he did inverse back raise. His feet were higher than his uh, torso, and he did heavy weights. I've heard he used 325 pounds this exercise. On that page, it, it relates to how many, what the amount of weight was, and how many lifts during a training cycle. If, and I said to myself, this is a 1992. Gee, if it's, it must be that important or they wouldn't keep this graph. So I've always kept graphs on spatial exercise. You know, Alexis pulled weights out of water. He, in one workout, he did, he would do 100 snatches with 100 Ks. Um, he walked in water a thousand steps, like we walk with bands with uh, weights around our ankles, uh, pulling a sled. So he did all these crazy exercises that people think I'm crazy for doing. But he broke 80 world records more than anyone ever has. And so, um, 
So when they, they come to when weightlifters come to Westside, the first thing I see they got weak hamstrings and glutes. Uh, when when uh, Leo was here, he thought that the hamstrings did all the squat. So I put him on a box, and he could barely walk the next day. I mean, he thought the quads did the squat, which is insane. I don't know where they come up with this. But the next day, he could barely walk because his hamstrings and glutes are so sore. He told me, had I not had him squat first, he thinks he could have broke his record even higher. But I believe it was the squats that activated muscles he never used that caused him to break the record. That's my opinion because I see it all the time. <clears throat> um, so just remember, they're responsible for the major part of the – of the, of the squat and the first pull. Um, here, reverse hypers, if we do a couple exercises, we put 100 pounds on a person's deadlift in three months. And um, we took this uh, one 900-pound deadlifter, 840 for a year. He came to one side in 12 weeks, pulled his first 900 in a contest. How? By doing exactly what I'm saying here. All you would do is add the upper back exercises as well. And um, <clears throat> like I'll, I'll just get into a few of them, but, but the hamstring must be strong. Here we use the inverse curl. Um, Tom, you're always saying you got to find out what you lack. You know, it's easy in a fight. The guy gets punched in the face, he lacks stand-up. He gets taken down, he lacks, you know, takedown skills, right? Um, you know, it's easy to see what a guy needs. If he gets submitted, he needs jujitsu skills. It's easy to see. When a person lifts weights, many people don't know where you're weak. We do. And how do we prove it? By our spatial machines. An inverse curl is much like a Russian leg curl, except it has a canter lever um, device on it. That if you can't do a real rush leg curl, meaning holding your ankles going down, touching your face on the ground, and curling up without using your hands, um, well, this machine does that. And so, no one, if you can't do it, you never can do it. But this machine, if you start by, you know, taking 40 pounds of your body weight off, then 30, then 20, then 10, until you're actually doing the machine all by yourself, then actually holding on the weight. Um, so that machine, we act, we uh, we can uh, evaluate hamstring strength. And we, normally, the owner, they have no hamstrings. So that's why we say, well, you need to push the hamstrings. Reverse hypers, especially the bent pendulum. If they can't use any weight, I've seen weightlifters have a hard time using 60 pounds. I would use 180 for sets of six, all right, when I was in my 60s. <clears throat> so we could tell by the bent pendulum how weak their lower back is. And that, that's just two major things we do here. Uh, we'll, we'll, we evaluate these exercises. How do we bring up hips? Um, the young lady was here last week. I mean, this girl was built. I put her in a belt squat and made her do static holds for two minutes. She almost died. Her, glips, her, her glutes and hips blew up. They were on fire. Said she never felt anything like that in two minutes of training. But yet she trains all the time in the Olympic lifts. So how can that be? Because it, the, the lifts herself, that also the squat bench and deadlift, is going to neglect a lot of muscle groups if you don't train them individually. So... You know, you know, or you know, like in bodybuilding, if, if bodybuilders didn't do specific exercise, wouldn't we all be built like a bodybuilder? <laughs> and we're not, you know. So, but then we also do a glute ham raise, heavy glute ham raises. We do a couple different ways, uh, but really heavy glute hands for the hamstrings and glutes and low back. Um, and then then we we finish, finish it with standing leg curl. We have a standing leg curl machine, and uh, we do a lot with that. We also do band curls and also... Um, heavy um, ankle weight curls for about 200 reps. That way we don't have any soft tissue injuries. We constantly put blood in there. You also need to have very strong obliques. I noticed the Chinese always doing side bends. And I used to do heavy side bends years ago. I used body weight at 180. And I had a 670 deadlift at 180 real easy. And um, squatted 630. There was no gear back then in a contest. So the obliques, I concentrated on the obliques, and you must too, because your obliques tie your, your front abdominals into your spinal rectors. All right? 
So, and all these exercises, you've got to train them like a lift. Do as much weight as possible always. Always increase the volume and always increase the weight. Like I said, if you're doing this inverse curl machine of mine and you got 20 pounds on it, you got to get 50, you got to take weight off 15 pounds, then 10 pounds, then 5 pounds, then no pounds. Then you got to be able to drop the front uh, chest support and where you can do a real glute, uh, a Russian. Um, and, um, leg curl. So you got to train all these facial exercises like lifts. That's the biggest mistake I see. Oh, we do three sets of ten. I know a lot of you people are programmed by coaches that don't even aren't even around you. That is impossible to do. You got to be in front of someone, and they got to be smarter to see your weaknesses. So that's the whole point. You know, like I said, the Russians. If you look at the Russians, they had everything. They had static dynamic. They had plyo swing. They had um, they you know they come up with um. Uh, glued ham rays. Um, they had belt squats. They had big cambered bars. They bent over, touched the floor, and bounced back up, just like Westside Barbell does. You know, I was smart enough to read these books and follow what they did. They were the greatest in the world. And my claim to fame is I actually read books and actually did this stuff. Um, it's all it's all in the weightlifting books. All you got to do is read them. If you got trouble comprehending them, call me up. But if you follow the loading that I gave you, you're going to be on track. That way you will not overtrain. And if you can't do this loading, you got a big problem. If you're a if you're a four hundred pound squatter and you can't do this program, you're in big trouble. You, you, I mean that's all I can say. If you're a three hundred pound cleaner and you did what I said for a three hundred pound clean and you can't do it, you're in big trouble. You have no work capacity. I've seen programs where they do ten cleans this, and it's seventy percent. They don't even do very many lifts at seventy percent. The weights remember got to be seventy five, eighty, and eighty five percent. That's where the um, Russians did 50% of their training, and, and if you look at it, uh, like in the squatting, I use it for the squat for us, and the Chinese, their average weight's 80%, and they do 25 lifts. Also, the Chinese don't fall down the squat. They lower themselves, and many of the squats, they hold it in the bottom. All right? So, always want to concentrate on these uh, isolation exercises. And um, so, you know, and if you look at the squat, especially in my squat where it's a lift, a lot of guys have large legs. Some got small legs. Some's got big glutes and some's got small glutes. So everybody's different, but you've got to train uh, what you don't have. Constantly try to, you know, thicken up the lower back and upper back. My, my little girl, uh, 123, her basically only weakness is her upper back. Has a hard time, um, you know, maintaining an upright position with these huge weights that she's going to be lifting. So we do lots of high shrugs where she takes a safety squat bar and does um, stands in place with heavy bands and does high shrugs where you breathe through your chest and raise up your chest and contract your traps. High, 50 reps, 60 reps a set. And it seems like it's really starting to pay off. I broke her deadlift record the other day. And um, so that's the kind of thing. See, pick your weakness, train the heck out of it, and that, that's the key. It does no good to be strong in the wrong exercises. So if you look at, um, again, look at the Chinese and the Russians. They do lots of spatial exercises. Uh, they do two max efforts a week. So do we in our sport. But that's what I recommend, too. So that's going to, you know, and, and when you do it, I would I would pick a couple lifts. Maybe, I mean, you're, you know, uh, right now I would maybe do 14 lifts, you know, on two different exercises and maybe a third. You might be able to induce a jerk exercise. But so two type of poles. Take about seven lifts to get up there. Don't screw around with light weights, guys. I watch this all the time. They start out with no weight. It's a waste of time. If you don't put enough weight on the bar to think about it, you're wasting your time. If you make these small jumps, you, I don't know. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your time, Craig. You've learned that here. You put on enough 
that you, I would start my deadlifts with 220 pound of bands with 345 pounds on the bar and 225 pound of bands. That's what I started my deadlifts with. You know, when I was around 700 pound deadlift, I'm not going to waste my time with 135 or two and a quarter. It's a waste of my time. And if you look how the, the ball, how did the ball gauge train? You guys are all seem to know what they're doing. Um, they took, um, they would train for 45 minutes, take a very short rest, and with almost and no warm up, do it, do a second exercise. Now, Tommy, you watch our guys squat many times they'll squat, right? Then that group will run the monolith for 20 minutes, and then they deadlift. It's the very same procedure. If you look what we do, it's exactly along the lines of the Russians and the Bulgarians. I took the best of all worlds and put it into one system. Uh, and, and it works. And, you know, the top rugby teams in the world do this. Many, many uh, NFL teams follow a lot of our West Side stuff. Um, track clubs do our stuff. Everybody does some West Side stuff. So it, it, it's all based into your sport. It's not my sport. And my weightlifting book is a weightlifting book. It has nothing to do at all, zero, with powerlifting. Zero. Correct, Tom? Correct. It has nothing to do with powerlifting. It's all about weightlifting. I want to see a medal in American weightlifting, and it can be done. So, uh, kind of rolling this up here. Just remember, uh, you know, work up to max single. Don't do not do doubles or triples. Don't stop 5% short. You know what? I think a lot of coaches, you know, I think you guys pay the coaches, and so the coaches don't want you to miss. Don't be afraid to miss. But, but you've got to max out, guys. And I've said in my book, if you got a 400 clean and you ran through a three-week cycle, start out with a 385 and do another three-week cycle and maybe then do 390. And take a maybe three or four months to get acquainted to this system. Uh, it's a high volume, and uh, but it brings great results. You know, uh, <clears throat> uh, down at Liberty University, Bill Gillespie's got a football player down there at 220 pounds. And what does he power clean, Tom? 495. 475. 475. 475, this is a football player, weighs 220 pounds. I said, Bill, how did you do it? Um, and he said, snatch grip deadlifts and band pulls. And I always emphasize snatch grip deadlift. And what's the Chinese do? Snatch grip deadlifts. And they do them until they round over or not even get the weight off the floor. Now, you know, over here, they would never do such a thing. They want this perfect form. You know, it, listen, guys, your sport is not ice skating. And it's not gymnastics. You're not getting perfect tens. You win. Whoever lifts the most weights, pretty or ugly, wins. So just think about that. Uh, you, If you could power clean more than your uh, competition would classical clean, who cares? You know, Nam Suleiman would go to contests, and I never agreed with this uh, because of our delayed transformation phase training, but Nam would power clean more than his um, opposition could in the back in a, a couple of days before the meet just to scare everybody out. At that point, they, the other team would start moving their lifters around to other weight classes to try to score points. Now, you know, that that isn't a smart physical thing to do. It was a smart psychological thing to do. You know, tactics play a great role. And what I'm trying to give weightlifters is tactics. Have a plan to go in and break a record all the time. Get in your head success. You know, if you watch a child in school, if he starts flunking a certain subject, and someone doesn't help him out pretty quick, he's constantly never going to pass that subject. He's going to get used to failure. But if you brought in a tutor and maybe open up his mind to a different way of thinking, then he starts to pass the subjects, and then you never know. I had a friend tell me he was a terrible student until the ninth grade, and he had a professor um, tell him, or a teacher tell him, uh, just a few things to change his mind. He became a professor at high State and became the head of the economics department at LSU University. Exactly what I'm talking about. 
Um, he could have kept looking at the same book on his own and it never gone nowhere. He might be, you know, digging ditches, which is nothing wrong. That I've done it, but not, but he became the head of economics department at LSU University because of a different method. There is, folks. There's more than one way here. You know, I only knew one way when I broke my back the second time. That's why I went to Bud, got these books, and found a, a second way, which is by far a much better way. You know, you had tremendous uh, sports scientists working on it alongside great athletes. A lot of people, I've asked people this, um, who did the Russians take to the first Olympics? And uh, everyone would kind of puzzle by it. But who they took was, they took cameramen, sports scientists, and coaches. And they watched these top athletes. And what they did, they went back and made model athletes. Um, I had a girl here, Olympic champion, Mo Robinson. This girl was jacked in the 400, jacked to the max. And so whenever I would bring a girl in and ran 400s or whatever, my, my mind would, would go back to Mo, look at her physique, what I did, and I would try to duplicate that with this person. What was I doing? I was building a model athlete. That's what you got to do. And so, coaches, everyone doesn't have the same uh, malfunctions in their technique. They don't have, lack the same strengths in their body. Some people are very fast. Some are very strong. Uh, I was talking to a coach here today, talking about two lifters he's got. Uh, we brought him here. One strong, got a big clean jerk. The other's fast, got a good snatch. Well, what would I do with the strong one, Tom? I would work on his speed. What would I do with the guy that's fast and got the snatch? I'd work on his strength. Bring up what you don't have. Um, it's not going to do you any good, you know. Just keep working on what you do have. You got to work on what you don't have. You know, look at a football game. You got a team scoring 40 points a game and they're losing every game. Don't score more points, get a better defense. So think of it like that, guys. Always train what you don't have. And um, last, I just want to talk a little bit. Um, I've heard a lot, of, a lot of stuff about you can't use bands. Well, they come here, people come, I put bands on the bar, take them up, and they break their records every time. If you know how, you got to be smarter than the bands, and you got to know how to hook them up. I put them on a four inch wide platform, mini bands, about 70, 75 pans. If I doubled it, it goes up maybe 100, 120, or something, what would be a double that. And um, so you want to get records of different type of bands, they do not distort form. Glenn Penley says, they think it's best for catching the snatch and the clean. For and I've said this before, and the person said I was crazy. Why? Because you got to dive under the bar quicker. You got to be quicker. These bands are shooting the bar back down, guys, faster than gravity. If you, Tommy, if you drop a five-pound plate a foot off the ground and the other five-pound plate, you got a slingshot. Which one's hitting the floor first? Slingshot. Exactly right. So what do you got there? You got this tr tremendous stretch reflex, even for rebounding in the clean and the bottom of a snatch. It works. Um, all you got to do, and also, again, like I mentioned before, on page 40 in super in uh, practice science of strength training, if you look at the top position of a pole where the bar stops, and be, uh, it, it, the force production goes down. Well, that's where it needs to be most. So that's why bands, if you pull a bar pair with bands, that bar, you're pulling throughout that, that bar. You're getting complete um, um, strength training at the top because of... Um, um, you you got full muscle contraction throughout the full range of motion. It's on figure 220. Just take a look at it. Think about it, guys. Start thinking about some of the things I say. You may think I'm crazy. Look at what I'm telling you. Get in the books, and you're going to find out if I'm crazy. So was Medvedev, Roman, the Bulgarians, um, Dr. Verfrashansky, all these guys. They must have been all crazy, but they were kicking our ass. And I said, it's about time to stop them from kicking our ass, and we start to kick their ass. So uh, I remember a movie, um, Kung Fu Hustle, 
and the gang went to that town, and they're going to take over the town, this little town, and lo and behold, there was five uh, Kung Fu masters lived there. One was cleaning clothes, and I don't know, one was sewing, but they got in a big fight, and they got their ass kicked, and I'll forget it, and, and they said, uh, they said, man, we're supposed to kick their ass. We're not supposed to get our ass kicked. And that's what we need to do to these other countries. It can be done. If you sit down and systematically work together, it can be done. And Tommy, you know powerlifters always work together. It seems to me like Olympic lifters seldom ever work together. You know, they keep everything to themselves. You can't do that. Um, you got to work with each other, find the best methods, trade them back and forth, and bring this whole country up. Uh, Tom, that's about all I've got. Um, I'm, you know, it's a lot. It was lengthy, and I know I talked a lot. But, um, you know, if there's, send the emails. This stuff can be done. It's easy to break records. We do it all the time. Just to, just one or two final questions. And it seems to, like, throughout everything you said, there's a humongous emphasis on the hypers, curls, and accessory work. And um, I think that's a, that's a big thing that people misunderstand. That they, they forget uh, how much. And as you said, that these are... These are not testers, so to speak, but they let you know what you're weak at. They're builders. Builders. Uh, <clears throat> you know, Tom, before you go on, I had a guy come here, a, a football player, and he does power cleans. And he goes, well, I'll just power clean. I said, well, how much did he power clean the first time? He goes, I power cleaned 225 first time. So I asked him, well, how did you power clean 225 first time you did power clean? He had no answer for me. He did it through the other uh, uh, undirected exercises. That's how. You know, and well, this guy, if he kept parking, do you think there's a chance he'd ever do 450? Very unlikely. But he did 225 pounds worth of parking by never doing one. So, guys, think a little bit different. Get outside the box. Don't stay in this box you live in. Get outside the box. Um, you know, I, I've mentioned before, if you go into a bodybuilding gym, a real one, they got all kind of benches. They got all kind of bars. They got all kind of machines. If you go in a powerlifting gym, not in your mind, you got my, why we got a model? Because it freaking helps. You got you got monolith, you got all kinds of benches, you got all kinds of bars. I mean, we've invented bars. And we got a freak bar. We got what what did I say, probably twenty different bars in my gym. We use them all. Every time I use a different bar, uh, it changes you, you you've only got one back length, but if I could put a bar on your back, it's, it's gonna change your back length. Your bar, the bar says different on your back. So we constantly change all these small things, and that's where we get our success. How much of a PR is enough? You said that you got the plan. You can put two and a half on two and get five, but when should you go? We got I feel I got a lot more. I should go to it. Like how much should you should you ever max just like top yourself out in that day, or should you always try keep something in the tank and keep chipping away? I believe in training optimal. That's the first thing I learned from Dr. Mel Siff. I was talking and Mel jumped up and started talking, and he goes, "You never train minimally." And I'm back. There's 65 people from all over the country there in Vegas. And I go, "Yep, that's for pussies." I'm thinking. Says you never train maximally. I'm going. Wait a minute. That's what I've done all my life. Me and Chuck Bogopole and all the guys said you train optimally. And I'm going like, when do I think about that? All sports are trained optimally. A football game, you, you at least got to play in the pass so much and run so much. And boxing, lightweights will throw 60, 70 punches, you know, uh, maybe 80 punches around. Heavyweights throw 40. They've got a plan, optimal. So you always want to find follow the optimal plan. And Tom, after all these years, at least 30, um, I remember my sweet buddy Esco, he come in and he broke a he broke um a floor press record, then he broke another and I told him to stop and he tried a third and tore his pec. Now this is common and I, this is what I've seen. I mean uh, almost all instances they're going to, if they break a record, if you're halfway advanced, you're not gonna break another record or you're going to get hurt. So just stop. 
And here's what I also see, and I did this for 11 years. And I, I've got a lifter right now who does this, and you know who I'm talking about. He he would go in, and he, he does the same list over and over and over. The only one in the gym. He always gets to the same place, but he never makes progress. He lifts more in the gym than he does a contest. You're supposed to live more in a contest than you do the gym. And uh, why? Because he maxes out. He, in his mind, he has to beat everyone in the gym. And that's not good. Break a record. That's, I just did a podcast you'll be hearing about, about my 165. He had 800 squat in one year. He did 890 here. He was stuck for 800 in two gyms. Here, he did 890 one year, world record. His total was 1880. In one year, he did 2080. And that was also top total going. So he jumped to 200 pounds a year. How? Tommy, you watch it by breaking his records by five pounds at a time. You know, in a squat, maybe 10, because you're talking big squat. But in the, the floor press, he went from 515 to, um, I'm sorry, his bench went 515 to 590 in a year in a contest. His floor press went from 320 to 370. So I don't know what that, you know, that's 50 pounds. So basically a little bit under your, he's five pounds a month. And if you follow these programs, you constantly make progress. Don't, no, do not do that. Don't get froggy. Because next time you come in and work out, you got to do it. You might not be good that day. But, you know, this program, on your worst day, Tommy, on your worst day, you broke your records, right? That's the key. Get used to breaking records by these small amounts. These small amounts turn into big million amounts. Remember, it's a multi-year training system. You want to do this for six weeks and take off, or you want to do it for six years? Think about it. The thing that I noticed, too, is when you're feeling like crap or on your worst day, you tend to do a lot better than you mm -hmm. think. Yes. That's a big thing that system does. It's a hormone thing. Yeah. Uh, Lou, I think that's everything. I think you covered a lot in this podcast. Let's see if anything else to add. Um, the only thing, you know, like if you can't beat up your neighbor, go next door and beat up your other neighbor. So when you go to the gym, always look at an exercise that you're, you're going to break a record in. You know, get, the, get up a system. You constantly break records. Don't go in there and stare at a barbell that's kicking your ass because it's going to kick your ass. Um, Dom, you have breakfast with me every day with the guys, right? Uh, what happens at breakfast that morning on max effort days? What happens? That's when they go select what they're going to do. They're going to select what they're going to do. This is at 6.30, and they train at 7. So we got one half hour to figure out what we're going to do, and it doesn't matter uh, because it, no matter what the exercise, if you break a record, you break a record. Every Each week they switch. Do not do the same thing two weeks in a row. Again, we watched our 165 deadlift, you know, and he tried to come back in with the guys. He did it on his own, tried it, and he failed. Um, the second, he broke two records, but the next time he tried it the next week, he didn't break a band record. Why? Because you got to switch each week. That's the conjugate system. Um, if you don't have any more, that's all I got here. And uh, Readers, uh, we're getting great feedback from you. I mean, I, I want to see weightlifting raise up. There's, uh, you know, I want to get it back to where it was at least before the press was abolished in 1972. Okay. Just remember, you owe to your own sport. Tommy Kono, the George brothers, um, you know, Bob Benarski. Joe Doobie, you know, you owe Russell Nip, Freddie Lowe. I want you guys to think about those lifters. You got a responsibility out there to raise up and get medals like they did for this country. And that's all I got to say. Well, thank you, Lou. Uh, this has been the Westside Barbell Podcast. We'll be back to you next week. This is Westside Barbell with strength and conditioning legend, Louis Simmons. WestsideBarbell.com, the strongest website in the world.